Your barber or stylist likely has the broadest network of anyone you know. People from every walk of life, including business owners, accountants, teachers, firefighters, and politicians, sit in their chairs, sometimes for hours. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan, and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. And we are getting into a short uh, but really good read on uh, the low-hanging fruit of orange-pilling people. And there's actually a lot of ideas around the strategy that Hector lays out in this article. This is a Bitcoin Magazine article. And Hector actually sent this to me. He, uh, I talked about it on the show. He had a really good um, Twitter thread that was kind of in line with this same thing about the idea of orange pilling, how to have you know really important and explicit touch points for people to actually use Bitcoin. And he's done a couple of like really interesting little write-ups on this topic and, and this sort of thinking. And I thought this one was really unique just because he has the perspective of... Uh, you know, salons and and the beauty industry. And then he makes a really, really good argument as this being like a great low-hanging fruit for, or just a really kind of unintentionally perfect environment for orange-pilling someone. And there's a number of different elements that, broader social elements that I think he didn't actually touch on that I want to talk about in the guy's take. Uh, and we will get into that, but I don't want to lead it too much. A uh, really quick thank you to our sponsors, and then we will jump into the read. If you want to sleep soundly at night, and you want to know that your Bitcoin are safe and they are in your possession, get yourself a cold card, send your Bitcoin to your cold card, buy DCA regularly, stack on fold, whatever it is, send it to your cold card, and then just go to just enjoy your sleep. You will rest easy. You won't have to worry about the crazy volatile price. You won't have to worry about what's happening on this stupid exchange that's going out of business and turns out doesn't have anybody's money. You just you put your Bitcoin on your cold card and you can sleep like a freaking baby. And you can get 9% off your cold card with code BitcoinAudible. That link will be right there in the show notes so you can check it out. With that, let's get into today's read and... It's titled, Orange Pilling Your Barber or Stylist, A Shortcut to Hyper-Bitcoinization. If you are looking for an orange pilling opportunity with the most asymmetric upside, consider talking about Bitcoin with your barber or stylist. By Hector Alvaro. This is an opinion editorial by Hector Alvaro, a Bitcoin educator who serves as co-host of the Broward County Bitcoiners Meetup, and whose family has worked in the beauty industry for decades. We all look for ways to educate others about Bitcoin and raise awareness about its benefits. However, time is scarce, so we can't talk to everyone. But what if you could multiply your efforts and help someone close to you benefit from Bitcoin in the process? If you're looking for an orange-pilling opportunity with the most asymmetric upside, consider talking about Bitcoin and the Lightning Network with your barber or stylist. The Perfect Environment 
Once you sit down in the chair and that cape goes around your neck, you know you're both going to be there for a while. As a Bitcoiner, that can only mean one thing. You have been given the gift of time to talk about Bitcoin. Few routine interactions last as long as a haircut or salon appointment. Even fewer grant you the freedom to discuss any topic of your choosing. Additionally, the setting naturally limits distractions, such as phone usage. That makes the time you spend in your barber's or stylist's chair the perfect environment to talk about Bitcoin. A trusted relationship. How long have you been with your current barber or stylist? Relationships between clients and stylists often span years, if not decades. There is a bond between you that is rooted in trust, and this connection fosters a level of intimacy rarely found outside of familial settings. People often share secrets with their stylists and barbers that they wouldn't disclose to anyone else. Clairol's iconic ad campaign captured this sentiment with the tagline, Only her hairdresser knows for sure. A force multiplier. Your barber or stylist likely has the broadest network of anyone you know. People from every walk of life, including business owners, accountants, teachers, firefighters, and politicians, sit in their chairs, sometimes for hours. It is likely that no one else in your sphere of influence has the amount of time and trust to help others learn about and understand Bitcoin. The same unique factors that create the ideal environment for you to talk with them about Bitcoin are the exact reasons why they have the potential to orange pill others. The right approach. To discuss Bitcoin with your barber or stylist, consider their interest and what might best resonate with them. Are they concerned about rising costs? Do they have family members living in authoritarian countries? Choose your approach based on your understanding of their needs. If you're unsure about your approach or just recently began going to a new barber or stylist, don't talk to them about Bitcoin. Talk to them about Lightning instead. Lightning as a cheat code. As the saying goes, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Similarly, the way to a business owner's heart is through their wallet. People naturally follow their incentives, and your barber or stylist will be intrigued if you discuss how Lightning payments can increase their profits. Share some benefits of accepting Lightning payments, such as fast, funds are available immediately, cheap, significant savings compared to typical credit card fees, final, no chargebacks, and growth, reaching a new client base and expanding their business. Once they are curious, demonstrate the ease of using Lightning by having them download your favorite Lightning wallet and sending them some sats. Then have them send you half the sats back. Show them the minimal fees and remind them that those funds are theirs, final, the moment they receive them. The combination of hearing you describe the benefits, seeing how easy it is to use, and doing a transaction themselves is a powerful, persuasive mechanism to pique their interest and demystify the process. You had my curiosity, sir, but now you have my attention. Is your color still processing, or are you getting a shave? If you were there for a longer appointment, they might have time to express concern about Bitcoin's volatility. If they do, explain that just as the price of Visa's stock doesn't affect the value of their credit card transactions, the price of Bitcoin doesn't have to affect the value of their Lightning payments. You can also introduce them to services like Ibex or Strike, which can protect them against price fluctuations. If they wonder how accepting Lightning can help them find new customers, 
show them how tools like BTC Map and SatMap offer free marketing for their shop or salon, or how tools like Oshi and Jolt's Rewards make it easy for them to engage with and retain their new Bitcoin clients. Most importantly, remember that they do not need to commit to the Bitcoin revolution on day one. Instead, get them interested in experiencing the benefits of Lightning first. They'll want to know more soon enough. Finally, you do not have to cover all of these elements in one visit. Conversion can take time. Luckily, you'll be back in a few weeks for your next visit and can pick up where you left off. The Finishing Touch Introducing your barber or stylist to lightning payments can enhance their business and help you promote Bitcoin to a broader audience by leaning on the unique relationship you share with them. If you need help strategizing your conversation, reach out to me on Twitter or Noster. Our family has over 40 years of experience in the beauty industry and can help you prepare. And he proceeds to conclude his article with a screenshot of BTC Sessions and Nico from Simply Bitcoin uh, t- touching their highlighted tips together, which seems very relevant to our article here. Uh, really quick, let's hit our sponsor, and then we will jump back in into a guy's take on this. Have I told you that the cold card has NFC? Because I think if I have, you should hear it again. So not only is it ultra secure, is it Bitcoin only? Is it easy to use? Does it have verifiable source code? That it is air-gapped by default? And it comes with a USB-C cable that you can see only transmits power, even though you can use that port to treat it like a virtual disk on your iPhone. Or of course, you can turn on the optional NFC and you can transmit transactions wirelessly. And this is my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing about the tap signer. It's my favorite thing about the cold card. I like, And it's just, it's just the cherry on top, right? It's the icing on the cake. It is just a phenomenal hardware wallet. And then the ability to just easily tap to your phone, to my nunchuck wallet, sign a transaction, and I just know it's secure. I know the keys aren't on my phone. I can carry around a surprising amount of Bitcoin on a mobile device because the keys aren't on the mobile device. Honestly, outside of Lightning, this is the only way I use Bitcoin on a phone anymore. If you haven't checked it out, if you don't, if you don't have a cold card, well then lucky you, you can get 9% off with code Bitcoin Audible, which is really easy to remember because it happens to be the title of this podcast. So if you go to coldcard.com and in the discount code, you type Bitcoin Audible, all one word, It will literally steal 9% of the cost and it will put those sats back in your pocket, back in your wallet. (laughs) So check it out. Uh, Link will be right there in the show notes. All right. So a a shout out to Hector um, for a couple of different reasons, not only for writing this article and a couple of threads about this sort of thing um, and a very practical approach to orange pilling. But also he actually made me, uh, when we went to the Swan... Uh, Swan Private, the Swan Salon event in Miami, uh, he actually brought me, he made me and Rad a custom cape with the Bitcoin Audible uh, logo on it. And that was just, that was just really awesome. I mean, I, I've already thanked him and we, we chat all the time, but uh, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out on the show for that. But he makes a really good point about the idea of being targeted in who you are talking to. 
from an orange pilling perspective. And the idea of a barber or a stylist, it really is kind of crazy how that situation, especially in an age where we're very disconnected from people, where we do not talk to, we do not interact with people as often as we used to, and we're far more disconnected um, outside of social, which is already a very, it's a very kind of at arm's length you know, you don't treat people like people up there most of the time unless they literally just agree with you or you're, they're constantly reflecting what you already think and you've already built some sort of trusted relationship with them. It, lead, it lends far more to dehumanize the people that you're arguing with. And because you can't see them for a person that they are, you put them in a group, right? You know, when I'm arguing with a liberal, so they're just a stupid liberal and or they're they're just they're just woke or something like that, like, and, and this, that mindset is invasive. It, it takes over all the time, and you have to catch yourself constantly just dumbing people down to kind of the lowest do- common denominator of what you suspect they believe. And that's something that's really, really difficult in uh, the social, and that's even when I'm actively trying to do that. It's like, oh, this is just like a run-of-the-mill Republican who just a warmongering America uh, guy and and I'm I'm trying not to make that assumption, uh, and I constant my typical process in doing that uh, to get, getting around that is I type out the response my reactionary response and then I try to cut it out right I, I try to edit it back to like okay I don't know this this person didn't actually say this I'm I'm assuming that they believe this yada 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 and I don't always do a very good job of it but. It's at least a process, but all this, all of this is to say is that we don't have very many good interactions. Like that's not a strong social connection with those people. Like I'm about as distant as I can be in that situation while still being exposed to, you know, 120 characters that they just happen to type or they're, you know, extremely shallow opinion about something. And I don't mean that like everybody's got shallow opinions. I mean, it like when it's short, it's necessarily a shallow opinion and you don't have the basis of perspective that they have when they're tweeting that or when they're saying that. So you just kind of have to fill in a massive amount, like a, a massive number of blanks and everybody just fills in. I mean, the shot, the number of times that somebody just tells me what I believe or that I have some opinion about something is like, oh, well, just because you, you're, well, Trump is an idiot. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And they just, they just completely assumed and the whole conversation, they just talk about like Trump as if I'm a supporter of Trump or something. They just, they already know who they are, ima- are arguing with. They've imagined an entire person with a persona and a belief system and we've just like grouped everyone and so we have these vicious fights and and it gets so stupid because you even end up defending things that you don't believe like people when they get put into the group they feel like they need to be defensive about those ideas even if it's something they don't really support or think about or they've never really argued for they feel the need to defend it it just creates defensiveness for no reason and yet we use that environment so often trying to orange pill people. And instead what happens is you get character, you become a caricature. Uh, and, and not only do, does the behavior of many of the people become a caricature, but you get caricatured by other people and put into a group like now I'm just a Bitcoin maxi. I'm just a laser eyed 
crypto bro to a huge number of people that I talk to, even if I'm completely reasonable, even if I have a completely valid point, they're going to come in and they're just going to score points, right? It's just a public forum. It's like, how do I, how do I say the most, how do I have the biggest dunk or the funniest meme to post under this? It doesn't say anything of any consequence. It's just insulting either vaguely or explicitly. And that's basically where the conversation ends. And it's so hard to break out of that cycle. So in person is the only way to orange pill people, or it's the best method for orange pilling people in person with someone that you trust, which means that our best hope is really to get our local community, our local people, the the people that are close to us, our family, our circles. And that's why I always say go local. It's your, it's going to be the biggest return on investment, but the problem is is it doesn't scale i mean it sort of does in a grassroots way but very very slowly and over very long periods of time the beauty of a barber of a stylist is going back to the points that hector brings up is just how catered to the environment it is to spreading ideas that you've already built up some trust with this person often in fact very often you have a very long relationship with these people and you know each other's quirks you you know you generally know how they i mean i use my stylus as an example i know we don't agree on a lot of things politically but it's funny how much we agree practically on a lot of things around the political sphere um like i could very much see us arguing on a platform like twitter but we actually have really interesting conversations about it because we're in an environment where I mean, you just know, you know this is a person, right? I can't assume things about her. And very often we have different opinions, and I don't mean just specifically um, at this person, but just in general, when you're talking to someone, it's very often that you can have different opinions on how to fix things or the cause of things, but that you can correctly identify or agree on where the problems are. And if you can get someone to recognize that a problem exists and then get them to understand or think about that problem slightly differently than they do or than they have before, then you can insert a new way of thinking about the solution to that problem. And this is where Bitcoin is such a powerful element in just a a powerful design, a powerful system, because it is an alternative to what feels like a hopeless thing. You know, if, if you bring up problems with the typical person, particularly in the larger sphere, the political problems and the divisiveness and all of these things, there is this sense of hopelessness, that there's nothing that can be done about these things and that we've been beating them to death with the same thought processes or, or not necessarily thought processes like they're you're generally not as self-reflective about it in the sense that they think that they have the wrong approach but that they see trying to accomplish that and that they've been seeing that their whole lives and it's never worked there's this sort of exasperation about it and i think that's why one of the reasons divisiveness is getting so much worse in our age is because there's this sense that nothing is going to get better and the fight is not going to improve and nobody's ever going to extend an olive branch here. And then at the exact same time on social media, our, the arguments of our counterpoint, of our 
uh, of the contrarian or the other side or the other group are getting dumbed down to the worst possible video clip or worst tweet. I mean, the the number of times I have seen someone say, make a comment or say something about Bitcoin, and then there's like a hundred thoughtful, um, and, you know, not ne- not necessarily apologetic, but very good responses to uh, underneath this thing. Just just a flood of well, that's not true at all. Bitcoin's totally transparent. Blah blah blah. And it's like one person after the other with a different approach, and then there's one or two just absolute idiots. Just, just complete, you know, have fun staying poor, you dumb piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And then they retweet that. And it's like, Bitcoiners are such toxic pieces of crap. And it's like, did you, did you see anything else? Like, like that, and that is what those, that person's followers see. So going back to the barber and the stylist situa- situation where you actually have, you can actually come to terms with differing views and you have the time and kind of the in-person respect that you give to another human to figure out where you agree on things. And you can you test the waters, right? But what's funny is there are so many different ways. If you can get them talking about what they see as the problem. And it's so funny how often even the left and the right perspective on a thing can be totally different. But when they but there's a way to explain it from the left and from the right perspective of why and how bitcoin solves that problem and so often it's it's just a different perspective on where the problem arose from in fact it's usually a lack of perspective on where the problem arose arose from in fact in the political space it's almost always like it's not even thinking about incentives or game theory or economics i mean like how often is it like, oh, this is this happened because of greed? Like that's a non-answer. That's not a that that's a complete absent of thinking about anything. But most people don't realize it that that's there's zero zero signal in that answer whatsoever. Because if you're saying people are greedy, well, then why are you saying that government works and the market doesn't, or vice versa? The market works and government doesn't. Greed is neither. Part, it has nothing to do with either. You're just saying that humans are greedy. It's just a I hate humans because bad thing happen sort of quote unquote analysis or lack of analysis. But the political sphere is almost always it, it's just like this default position that if we say they're greedy, then it means by default we're explaining or projecting that we're not greedy and therefore you should have us in power. But what that statement says is that humans are greedy. So then the question becomes, should humans have to interact with each other voluntarily or is it better to have greedy humans in charge of a top down, violently controlled and surveilled system in which they centrally plan for everyone else's life because that somehow makes the greed go away or makes the greed less bad and i think any sensible person who's applying the idea and actually running analysis on the game theory and thinking about the relationship between people would say that greed is worse in the situation where you can violently force people to do what you want versus the situation where you can't do that so in that situation when you're orange pilling someone and you've identified a a jointly believed or understood problem you start thinking about how humans interact is what that the game theory of why a thing occurs and i usually am like i like to just drop breadcrumbs into 
you know, ask questions about it. Like just, just kind of generally like, you know, offhand. And it's also a pretty good way to test the waters too. Is it like, well, you know, if somebody can just counterfeit $2 trillion out of thin air, like how could they possibly be spending it in a way that is meaningful when nobody, nobody's ever earned, like you, like, you don't spend $200 wastefully, but it's because you've earned it. It's because you sat here and you cut my hair. Um, but somebody, nobody has any idea what $2 trillion is. And relating it personally to like what they are doing, like why they understand that what $200 is worth because of the work that they put into earning it and the meaning that they then ascribe to it when they make a decision to lose it, to, to give it up for something else that's relevant to their life, like always bringing it, bringing it back to kind of a personal relationship and the environment there is really just kind of this perfect so, you know, I love also that, and you don't even think about it, but you have specifically limited distractions. That's one of the things that you brought up, such as phone usage, is that you can't, you genuinely can't do other things while, while they are cutting your hair. But here is the social dynamic that I think is actually, he, he brings it up, is talking about how, um... It's a force multiplier. And I thought this was a really great section. It says, uh, I'll read this quote. It says, your barber or stylist likely has the broadest network of anyone you know. People from every walk of life, including business owners, accountants, teachers, firefighters, and politicians, sit in their chairs, sometimes for hours. It is likely that no one else in your sphere of influence has the amount of time and trust to help others listen about and understand Bitcoin. The same unique factors that create the ideal environment for you to talk with them about Bitcoin are the exact reasons why they have the potential to orange pill others. And this is something that I really kind of have not, I haven't done a very good job of this. I have, I mean, that's not entirely true. Like, uh, she knows that I have a Bitcoin podcast and I do a bunch of stuff and I do bring it up and talk about it all the time, but I have never actually tipped her. And that's in Bitcoin and gotten her to do like a lightning wallet, which is stupid especially considering that i've done it for so many other people and to get her talking about it or get her excited about it would actually be really cool because i, I did it with uh, uh the people at the place that i go and pick up food all the time and they're jazzed about it they love it and when i post uh, posted on nostra i think they like got like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars in tips um it's it's really kind of crazy how much you can bring the entire social sphere into it and leverage Noster and these other things, the social networks to get people to send zaps. When you have frictionless money, you need to use it. And that's one thing I need to get back on. I, I said I was going to do this regularly and I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon, but of specifically trying to onboard people and then post and dedicate a dollar every day, like 5,000 sats maybe, uh, to, uh, to posting or, or to zapping or tipping someone, uh, a waiter or a uh, someone who made my food, someone, a hairstylist, somebody who's doing something cool on Noster, like every single day, just always zapping people. And when we onboard new people, if we always have that flood of got a new person, a new friend, a new my hairstylist, my barber, and uh, just got them on, um, you know, send them a little bit of love. I think that's something that we should push harder than we do. But here's the crazy thing about the idea of the salon and the hairstylist 
as a force multiplier is that they're they're really a they're mavens for ideas they're mavens for relationships now there's a really fantastic book a book by malcolm gladwell called tipping point uh, that i haven't read in a really long time in fact it's probably a good one to go back to talking about this idea of the people in your social circles who are specialized in one particular thing like that they 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 have rather than having like just a handful of really close friends they have tons of semi-close associates they they are the mavens they are like and everybody knows that person right that that person in their group who's just friends with everybody they connect with everybody if they're having the party everybody wants to go and see them or you are a maven for some particular topic or particular idea like a great example is i am a maven in all of my social circles for bitcoin if anybody's doing anything with bitcoin or computers or networking or technical stuff or video and movie stuff i am usually the one who gets the text message or the call I'm absolutely a maven or a, uh, a, I serve that role at least in my social circles a lot of the time. If I had to say I was very clearly one, it's, it's Bitcoin hands down. I get, I get calls and t- conversations from people I don't know who know people I know uh, just because of that. But that's the fascinating thing about the hairstylist is they are a maven for, they're, they're kind of put in a position of the maven, of this think of it in the terms of network connections you might not realize it but in the idea of the six degrees of separation from you to anybody else in society or to kevin bacon um is your hairstylist may be one of the critical nodes in that network like think about it like the lightning network right is that you have that one node that just connects to tons of different people and so you're always going to have a really great route and you're going to have a, the shortest number of hops if you go through that node that's the maven node that's the the role that a maven plays in social dynamics and in society they're the great connectors based on either an idea or uh, a, you know social groups and social circles and hairstylists are natural mavens they 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 have a maven environment they have a they have a environment of social connection they have a a built-in no distractions uh long interaction like medium to long-term sets of interactions that are repetitive that most people go back to the same ones and keep you know they have a quote-unquote stylist or a barber that they enjoy and i think that is something that we should utilize. We should think about our networks and who we are orange pilling and think about it from the concept of who would benefit the most and who would be most likely to share those ideas because they will then reach the people faster who are also second and third in line most benefited. And I just thought this was a really cool article and a really cool idea and I can't believe that I haven't utilized this um, or, or taken more explicit advantage of it, like thought about it in these terms. Uh, and so I wanted to share it. And everybody, everybody who has a hairstylist or a barber or whatever that they go to, or they go to new ones, orange pill them. Like, like it, it's kind of like the Uber ride, right? Like I, I do think about that in my Uber rides, but often that's, I don't get a ton of time for that. And it's not a repeat endeavor. I don't think I've ever gotten the same Uber driver twice. 
So you really do have a unique relationship and unique environment for someone like a hairstylist. And it should definitely be taken advantage of. And I appreciate that we have people in the industry like Hector who realize and can, you know, articulate that idea so well um, in what a great opportunity we have kind of sitting here uh, that we're probably not thinking about or maybe not utilizing as explicitly as we ought to. So anyway, with that, I got to, uh, oh crap, I am late. I have to do a different podcast. Um, I got to meet with somebody. So, uh, and that's actually really exciting. That'll be another episode of AI Unchanged. So stay tuned. Um, and uh, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to Hector. I will have uh, uh, his link uh, to follow him and check out the article in the show notes. And like he said, if you want uh, help with strategy or you're curious about it, um, you had any questions, uh, feel free to hit him up. Uh, he has the link to his Noster, uh, and all, all of that will be in the show notes. So just check it out right there in the description. And a huge shout out and thank you to Cold Card for supporting this podcast and uh, making this something that I can do full time and bring the best in Bitcoin made audible to you guys. And if you would like to be a sponsor of this show, please hit me up on Twitter. I am at the guy Swan. You can DM me. Might be a little bit slow to respond or check out whatever it is, but I do appreciate it. Um, so, uh, so hit me up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will catch you on the next episode of Bitcoin Audible. And until then, everybody, take it easy, guys. That is the paradox of the epidemic, that in order to create one contagious movement, you often have to create many small movements first. Malcolm Gladwell